Avi on Money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. It's seven minutes past eight, nearly, no, sorry, nearly eight minutes past 12. Let's repeat that. And for those of you who are in business or have a tax return to file, now's the time. You've either missed the boat or you're about to get on the boat at the end of January. And it's really a bit of a hectic time because the years come to an end. You just want to get away, but there's these nagging things in the back of your mind as to how do I get stuff finished and how do I get things done. But more than that, the thing that we neglect when we're in the thick of it is actually to plan forward. And there are so many ways that you can use your money effectively to make sure that you get the return and you don't necessarily pay it over to SARS. And I'm not suggesting for one moment that you start ducking and diving and you start avoiding the cops. That's not the point of the exercise. What the point of the exercise is, is to be clever, to be smart, and to look at what's out there in a ways of spending money in order to get the maximum out of it by getting the government to participate with you as a partner in order that you spend your money in the best way. The way we've often spoken about is the well-known way, is the pension, provident, retirement, annuity way, which now has a far greater net or wider capture area where you can use all three and you can spend up to a certain percentage and up to a certain amount per year. But for those of you who have got some money burning a hole in your pocket, there are two people in studio from a company called Westbrook Alternative Asset Management. That is Dino Zucolo and Jonti Osher. Guys, welcome to Chai FM. Good afternoon. Great to be here. Mm-hmm. Do you guys do everything in yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, let, let's start at the very beginning. We're talking about a Section 12J deduction or 12J fund. Very few people know about it. It's out there. I know I've known about it for a while. Never really actively engaged. But what I'm looking at is two younger people, very involved, very um, dynamic, and they are involved in this particular type of idea. So pick which one is going to speak. And then let's start at the beginning. Who's your company and what is the product? So, so I'll kick off quickly with what 12J is. and then Just Dino, in case you're wondering, that's John T. <laughs> Dino can go into a bit about Westbrook. Um, so 12J is actually a piece of legislation in the Income Tax Act. And funnily enough, it's actually been around for quite a while. It was introduced in 2009. But when it was introduced, it was introduced in a way that it wasn't really attractive for an investor at that stage because when they invested – that they got an upfront tax deduction, but on exit from the 12J investment, all that deduction was recouped, so paid back. So it was a time value of money kind of play and not a real permanent benefit. But in 2015, they amended the legislation to say that if you invest in a 12J company and hold your shares for five years, there is a permanent benefit and there's no recoupment on exit. So really, since then is when 12J has, has started growing. The industry today is about $3.6 billion, and we're quite proud that we're about half of that of assets under management. In other words, you're the dominant player in the market. Yeah, and, and we'll go through why we think that and our approach to investing and our approach to 12J, but, but we're about 50% of assets under management today. Okay, so there's a neurosurgeon in the car rushing to next appointment, talking about this, thinking, I've got a few bucks in the bank, I've got a few bucks in other places. So I can invest and get a tax deduction. I know about neurosurgery, but just please drill down for me a little bit. Where do I invest? How do I invest? Yeah, I think it's a great question. So Section 12J effectively is just a mechanism of making an investment in such a way that you get a tax break. But to your point, 
in the same way as your doctor for, for neurosurgery, we would trust when it comes to medical procedures. The real question is when making an investment, who do you trust for, your, for the management and for the ongoing operational impetus in your investments? And I think that's probably one of the most important questions when making a Section 12J investment or when making any investment. And perhaps we should start by explaining a little bit about Westbrook and, and how we fit into the ecosystem. So Westbrook is a business that was founded in the early 2000s uh, by two individuals by the name of Mark Matteson and Martin Sachs, originally as a principal investments business, which in, in our world, what principal investments means is private equity, but where initially we were investing only our shareholders and management's uh, capital. And today we are the brand or the business behind the likes of Corrycraft and Volpe's and Dialabed alongside a strategic minority investor in our business in the Capricorn Capital Partners Group. Um, and, and that business has grown to being a north of 4 billion rand turnover private equity business per annum. But what happened quite interestingly in the early 2010s was that a number of the opportunities that we were seeing in the space uh, lended themselves better not only to us making investments, but to us bringing third-party capital in and opening it up to a wider investor net. And that really was where Westbrook Alternative Asset Management was born. And what Westbrook Alternative Asset Management is today is an asset manager focused on providing some form of a unique investment opportunity which is uncorrelated to the traditional private equity or debt or property markets, but always with a focus on South African investors. We've got four pillars in the business. That includes a South African uh, hedge fund. We've then got the 12J business, and we'll talk more about that business as we go. And then two offshore products, one focused on uh, property in the United States, and we've also got a private lending business out of the UK in an office in Piccadilly. Okay, so 12J. Um, that's the business, and that's the pedigree that it comes from. Someone comes to you, I come to you, and I say, guys, I've got a half a million rand I'd like to invest. If I went to my financial planner, he would say to me, right, if you put it into Alan Gray balance, this is the historical return. This is what the market thinks. Um, you know, I don't know what we can expect going forward, but this is what it's done. And um, this is the structure of the product. Either you're going to go into endowment with, a, you know, no tax and RA with whatever it is. Someone comes to you with a 12J and say, I want to invest. Where are you going to put their money? So, so uh, I think let's take a step back and work out what, this tax deduction means from right. a returns perspective because that's really the interesting part about 12J is and I'll use an example of an individual investor who pays tax at 45% which is the maximum marginal tax rate if they invested 100 rand in in a 12J today they would get 45 rand back from SARS or they wouldn't pay it over depending on what type of taxpayer they are so on day one they are 55 rand net investment what happens Let's exclude what we do with the money and just look at the tax benefits. So if we give that 100 Rand back at the end of five years, which is the mandated legislative um, requirement to hold your shares before there's a recoupment, if we give that back to you at the end of five years, there is still tax consequences on it, but it's a CGT, a capital gains tax consequence. But this is where the nuance comes in. The base cost of that investment is zero. Because you've used the tax benefit of the cost of that investment up front, on exit you'll pay capital gains tax from a base cost of zero. So you will then owe SARS 18 rand at the end of five years because that's the effective tax rate, the CGT tax rate for an individual. Therefore, you net in 82. So the 55 going to 82 over five years works out to an annualized return of about 8.3%. So just from the tax break or the tax benefit, you're getting 8.3%, which is quite attractive on its own. Then as 
Westbrook as the asset manager, we then need to invest that in, in qualifying opportunities as per the 12J legislation. Um, but they'd also reap the risk mandates of our investors. And that's where we differentiate ourselves by what we're investing in at the underlying. And maybe just to add to what Jonty was saying, just purely from a structural point of view, so that the listener understands exactly what he or she is getting if they invest in a Section 12J. So we've explained the tax benefits from making an investment. But as an investor, what the legislation requires is that you must buy a share in a company. So Section 12J actually is just a company. It can be public or it can be private, depending on the number of investors and the level of governance that that manager has chosen to put into the company. But as an investor, you are buying a share in a company, which share you are required to hold for a period of at least five years. What we then as Westbrook or as the underlying asset manager are responsible for doing is for pooling those funds in the Section 12J company and making underlying investments. And I think that really, once you've understood the tax benefit, is where we like to center the majority of the conversation. Because at the end of the day, it's great to save tax and no one likes to pay tax, but you've still made an investment You've still made a private equity-like sort of risk profile at the underlying. And as an investor, we would always like to promote that you understand exactly what it is that you're investing into because investing just to save tax, in our view, is not a good enough reason to make an investment. You need to actually believe in the underlying. Absolutely. Guys, what I want to just confirm in this question that's coming through now, the capital that's invested, a person who puts in a million rand, are they guaranteed then a million rand back after five years? So – Technically, no, um, and, and actually the legislation says the investor needs to be at risk. So, so what the legislation is trying to do is create a partnership between government and, and private companies or the asset manager and investor where you're investing in small and medium-sized businesses in the South African economy. And in order to get your tax deduction, your capital must be at risk to, to be invested. It must go and work. Yes. So, so you can't capital guarantee a product according to the legislation so, so really, you, you'll never find a Section 12J product that's capital guaranteed. But then you can pick your manager and investment mandate depending on the risk profile you want and also understand what you're investing in because that's really what's driving your returns or what could create a loss or could create your upside. So maybe just to give you a bit of context of the spectrum of Section 12Js that are out there. Right. As Jonty mentioned, there's been north of 3.5 billion rand raised in the industry really since 2015. And what we've seen to date is more than 100 Section 12J companies registered in South Africa. And those 100 Section 12J companies comprise from professional asset management businesses such as ourselves all the way to the other end of the spectrum, which are more investment club type vehicles, which are run by private individuals looking to do private activities. But within sort of focusing on the asset management style Section 12J is where typically you've got a pool of investors and a pool of underlying investments. Those strategies range all the way from sort of high-risk venture capital startup businesses where but inherently you are taking a very high level of risk at the underlying all the way to the other side of the equation. And this is typically historically where Westbrook has played, where we are looking to take a lower level of risk in some form of an, a movable fixed asset-backed type investment. And that's really driven by a preference from our investor base for taking a slightly lower level of risk in order to ensure that their capital is preserved. So it's a two-pronged approach. From a, the one, Number one is the underlying nature of the beast, which is the tax deductibility. You're getting the tax deduction. And because you're getting that up front, you're getting the CGT effect thereafter. 
And, well, let's put it this way. You hope you have a CGT effect thereafter and everybody's smiling at me. Just to explain what that means, you only pay capital gains tax when there has been the gain, the G. If it's not there, then you don't pay the tax. So once you've made your money, no one should really mind about paying the capital gains because it means the money has worked. You've put it at risk and it's worked. Then as far as where the money goes, well, that's open season. It can go anywhere from to a traditional fund manager to a person building the next Eiffel Tower. It's entirely up to so, the underlying asset. So I think there is, there is a, a bit of direction that the legislation gives us into where the money can go. And it's what they term impermissible trades. So in 12J, you can invest in any business as long as it's not trading in the following five things, which is fixed property, unless you're trading as a hotel keeper, in financial services firms such as banks, right. in professional services firms such as lawyers or accountants, in businesses that trade in alcohol, tobacco, gambling, so any of the sin industries, and the business has to trade mainly in South Africa. So those are the industries and businesses that the legislation wants you to exclude from your investment portfolio. But further to that, also to ensure the size of business you're investing in, they've also put a cap to say the day after 12J invests in a business, the book value of assets cannot be more than 50 million rand. Okay. So, so they do legislate where the capital should, should be invested. Okay, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Can we take a quick break? We need to run to the shops. Someone needs to pay for the headphones that you're wearing. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be back in a moment. Avi on money. 12 to 1 p.m. Only on 101.9. Hi, FM. 1.9. Sorry, welcome to 101.9. Hi, FM. Tabs, you've got to push the buttons at the right time. Um, Craig's not in the studio today. Apparently, he's not well. Just to wish Craig well. And also just to say that we will be interrupting the show. Let's put it this way. We hope we won't be interrupting the show. But if the um, siren goes off for the rockets coming out of Gaza, we will pause the show for that time. And hopefully that there are no rockets coming out of Gaza. And hopefully this whole issue will just blow over and, quite frankly, go away so that everybody can get on with their lives and that the Gazans can really just start being productive and being effective and just getting on and really creating what they deserve, which is a fair and equitable life full of all the opportunity that everybody else has in the world and boils down to leadership. You choose the wrong leadership, you end up with a problem, and hopefully the right leadership can come forth and it can be a little bit foresightful, similar to what Egypt and Jordan have done and just allowed the people to flourish. But talking about flourishing, we're coming back now to Section J companies or Section J um, investments from the, from the tax point of view. John Tidino, what I'm looking at is two younger guys. Um, I was at Discovery Investment Conference or, or um, Summit uh, two weeks ago, and what came out of there was just total positivity. It was the most phenomenal experience. There was a particular um, talk show host who really tried to bring things to turn a negative space, and no one was having it. It was so nice to see... Um, that no one was having a negative influence come in. Not that people were naive, but this is about positivity and realism. And when Adrian Gall stood up and spoke, the room was silent, not because of how he delivered his speech, but what he said. And it wasn't a speech. It was really a plea to his people to say, we've got a great country and we've just got to look past all the noise. I'm encouraged when I see two young people, I take it not 30 yet, um, either of you so invested so involved how do you see the future of South Africa of a company like Westbrook of the fact that you've invested yourselves here 
So, so I'm going to take a, another approach to say this is what I think 12J kind of captures, is that 12J actually captures taking capital from high net worth individuals that might not necessarily only invest in small and medium-sized businesses in South Africa and gives them a tax break for that. But actually their capital is going to work in, in these small and medium-sized businesses by stimulating the economy. Right. And the main aim from what we understand of 12J in discussion with the National Treasury is job creation, um, grow businesses, mentorship, all these sort of things which gives the small and medium-sized businesses which traditionally haven't had access to capital the ability to kind of partner with 12J government and the investor. Right. And maybe to add to that, you know, if if we weren't extremely bullish on South Africa and if we didn't share that that positive sentiment and, and enthusiasm about the country, we wouldn't be working so hard to build a local business. Um, and, I, and I think maybe to share some some insights from a 12J perspective that we've had this year, um, what happened in, in June, July this year is that National Treasury looked to make certain amendments to the Section 12J legislation, some of which were valid and some of which potentially had unintended consequences. Uh, so you guys also had a total period of total unease, not knowing what was going on, walking around, just pushing paper around because we weren't quite sure what was going to happen. Well, that's how it came out in the beginning, but this is sort of where I'm getting to around the, the concept of positivity is that where we, we got to, looking back with hindsight, was a number of interactions with National Treasury and with SARS. And my personal takeaways from that process of engagement was overwhelmingly positive. We found National Treasury to be open. We found them to be receptive. Uh, and we found them to, to really actually care about what industry had to say. They listened um, and they made the time, the time to work with us such that, you know, when you fast forward a few months to where we stand today, the outcomes of that process with engagement and the ultimate changes that uh, Treasury made to Section 12J were overwhelmingly positive. And it's things like that that instill faith in me as an individual in South Africa and where we're going to as a country. In a nutshell, what you're saying is that government came to business – and listened. I would say I would say they they listened. They didn't agree with everything we had to say, but that's not their job to agree with exactly. everything. Their job is to listen, to understand the implications of what they're doing, and then to make an informed decision. That's all we can ask for. And you know, we almost take that for granted. When it doesn't happen, that's the norm. You know, what's going on now with the the whole tribunal as to interstate capture was just that was one man or one group of people just making unilateral decisions. At the same time, this was happening, where government was engaging. So you had pockets of excellence that were there. And I think that's the reason why the people of South Africa will triumph over the few that sort of try to, to lead us awry. Guys, going forward, um, where do you see the future of 12J investments? Is it only going to be for... You know, the, elect, the select few, those with lots of money, or will I be able to sit down with my family, a few friends, and say, guys, let's get these two guys in. Let's speak to Dina and Jonti. Let's get together a couple of hundred thousand rand, and let's see what we can do. So, so I think there's two answers to that question. I think the first answer I would, when, when sitting around with guys looking to make an investment, is obviously if you're in the higher tax bracket, it, it makes more sense to make a 12J investment because your ultimate return is the tax you're saving, or part of the ultimate return is the tax you're saving. So the more tax you're paying, the better your your, your return, when including the tax benefit. So so that's one thing to consider. Um, and another is the five-year lockup. 
So it, it really needs to be money that you can put away for five years and kind of almost forget about from a liquidity perspective. Because if you do even want to withdraw that money within the fourth year, there'll be a full recoupment of that tax benefit you got on day one. So that's what I wanted to con- mm-hmm. conject. So you can get your money out, but you will lose the benefits that you had. So, so that depends on the asset manager and how the fund is structured and if there is liquidity in the fund. So you'll need to liaise with whoever you invested with there to see if there is liquidity. Um, but, but technically, from, from a compliance perspective, within 12J, you can sell your shares or get a buyback of your shares within the first five years, but there will be a recoupment. Interestingly, if you look at places around the world, and, and 12J is actually a new concept in South Africa, but not necessarily something new internationally. There's equivalents in the United Kingdom, in Canada, Australia. Where the UK's market has moved to is there's a proportionate or a pro rata recoupment depending on which year you sell your okay. shares in. So if you've held your shares for three out of the five, there's a two-fifths recoupment in year three if you make a sale. And hopefully that's where we'll see our local legislation moving to in time. Okay. I just want to ask you, what's the minimum investment that one needs to put in? Again, it's not something that is legislated in the Income Tax Act. It's more a manager decision. We as Westbrook have always moved to a minimum investment of 500,000 rand per investor. But again, there is a wide scope of Section 12J companies out there. Minimum investments from what I've seen are as low as 100,000 rand, sometimes even lower. And uh, they move all the way up to minimums of about a million, depending on who you invest with. Okay, so if someone come to you, you would be able to help them and structure them? Well, we, what we would do is we would accept their investment. We also raise money through a network of independent financial advisors and wealth managers. Right. And I think that really is quite a powerful element to add to your investment arsenal in that if you are looking to structure your portfolio from a tax perspective in the most efficient manner, then what we would highly suggest is to work towards meeting one of the wealth managers who allocate to Section 12J and to discuss your options with them such that you've found the right balance of a retirement annuity contribution, a Section 12J contribution, donations, and so on, in order to get to the balance in your portfolio that you're looking for. So, um, Jane, just before I let you leave, I know you're a bit pressed for time, and I've got another interview lined up. Someone's asked a very interesting, but it's more of a tax type of question. They sold a fixed asset. They paid capital gains on it because it wasn't primary residence. They've now got net of capital gains money. They come to you. Why are you going to lob them with capital gains again? So, so I think this is quite an interesting um, example because, first of all, we must touch on – the tax deduction works in the year that you invest. So right. if you invest in the 2019 tax year to February 2019, you are shielding tax that was earned in that year. So so for if, if this um, listener sold his property in the 2018 tax year, he can't shield it with, with, cap, with Section 12J. So let's, for this discussion, assume it's sold in the 2019 tax year. Right. So, so, so this is very interesting. What actually happens with capital gains tax is say you sold your asset for 200 and you bought it for 100. Right. So your capital gain is 100 rand. You are not taxed on the 100 rand because it's a capital gain. What actually happens is you're taxed on 40% of that 100 rand because there's an inclusion rate to your taxable income. So you are actually taxed on the 40 rand and you pay, assume you pay tax at 45%, then it's 18 rand. So you'll pay over 18 rand tax. So what actually happens in, in 12J, you do, the, in order to shield that tax, you have to invest the 40, not the 100. So there's a slight arbitrage there in that you're not investing on a one-for-one basis on how you earn the gain, but at an inclusion rate of 40%. So what that does, is, it's quite nice, and we've seen most of our investors come in from capital gain events, is it creates liquidity. 
you can make a 12 day investment of 40 rand, you've got 160 rand in your back pocket and you haven't paid tax. To answer the question, the, the listener asked why you're paying capital gains or capital gains or, or something of the sort, is you're actually not. Because of the inclusion rate, you pay, you're investing the 40 and then you'll pay the capital gains on exit on the 40 being um, uh, for, for 40 times 40 times 45. I know, I know it's quite a mathematical yeah. answer, but maybe to simplify it, what, what Jonty is saying is that the element that you have to invest is the element that you would be paying 45% tax on, assuming that you are paying tax at the maximum marginal rate. So effectively what we're saying is that piece, had you not made a Section 12J investment, you would have paid 45% tax on. But because you've made a Section 12J investment, instead of paying 45% tax on it, you're now paying 18% tax in five years' time. And that reduction and that delaying time value of money is really what gives you that 8% IRR from 12J that we've discussed earlier. So when I saw that that question come through, my first thought, I was quickly looking through the burbia to see if I could see four letters after your guys' names. Like, what did they qualify in? You know, did you do a major in French and then like did, did a CFA <laughs> or something? But well done for answering Well done for explaining it. Um, the lady who sent through the message, I, I'm not quite sure you understood that, but it definitely is worth another discussion. How do people get in touch with you? How can this lady come through and sit with you and go through it in a way that she really has time to, to flesh it out? Sure. So we are more than welcome and, and willing to meet with any investor who would like to discuss Section 12J with us or who would just like to understand the regime better. And I think the best way to get in touch with us is either to drop us an email at info at wham dot zero dot, uh, sorry, at, uh, at, it's probably the best one actually is Kate at westbrook.co.za. Now that I think K-A-T-E. K-A-T-E at westbrook.co.za or to go to our website www.westbrook.co.za. And if you want to go straight to our page, you can add in forward slash S12J. Fantastic. Dino, John T, it's great to have you guys in the studio. It's great to hear about it. But for me, it's also great to see young people. So invested, so committed, where the doubt's not even there because simply you're so focused on going forward. Um, you don't just contribute to your own pockets and to Westbrook's funds. You contribute to society as a whole because your families will grow up here. You'll contribute to, to, to the country and you'll employ people. So well done for making the choice and making the commitment. And uh, it's Kate at westbrook.co.za. Please be in touch with them. Before you guys leave, I just want to give you this lady's number so you can be in touch with her because um, I uh, think you'll be able to stay in the CGD better than I will. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking cryptocurrency. And then towards the end of the show, we're just going to have a, a, a small musical piece simply to add our voice and our support to those who are protecting the borders of Israel. Avi on money, 12 to 1 p.m., only on 101.9 Chai FM. Welcome to 101.9 Chai Chai FM, or maybe I should say welcome back to 101.9 Chai FM. I found that a fascinating um, interview, you know, really a different way of investing, a different way of putting your money aside. Again, I'm really not clued up about it. Please be in touch with Westbrook. If you have any questions or any issues, I was really, really chuffed with the way these two young guys could really answer delicate capital gains tax questions. And I think they answered very, very professionally. So please be in touch with them. It's kate at westbrook.co.za or just look them up, westbrook.co.za. Go along, speak to either Dino or John T, and I'm sure they'd love to help you. Talking about money and investing, 
there was an investment that a lot of us felt like, shucks, we've missed out on the biggest colossal ship that's ever sailed out of any investment harbor, and that was crypto, crypt, cryptocurrency. Right now, I'm not quite sure that's the way to feel because the shine has really come off it. But is it a fad? Is it a passing phase? Or is it something that has true intrinsic value and it's just going through a cycle? But on the line with is Marius Rates, and uh, hopefully Marius will answer some of those questions. We seem to have a technical glitch. I've just got a, the, the thumbs up from uh, Tabo, which means we just need to wait a little bit. But to maybe just to give a bit of a back, uh, uh, some background, Marius Rates is from Luno, which is an emerging market um, company that really embraces Bitcoin and independent consumer reports. And they really look at um, cryptocurrency, including Bitcoin, in a far broader way. So hopefully what we're going to do is be able to speak to them and just to get an idea of to, as to what's going on. And then in the last few minutes, as I said, we really want to dedicate it to all Chayalim and Chayalot who are really doing a sterling job and doing their best to make sure that escalation of tension does not happen and things remain calm and things remain safe for people on both sides of the border. Really, ultimately, what everybody wants is just to get on with their lives. And hopefully that will be able to happen soon. Tabo, are we good to go? I've got the note. So online with me is um, Mr. Rates. Are you there? So what we'll do is um, what I'm going to do is just to answer one of the questions that came through on the SMS line a little bit earlier on. There seemed to be a confusion about tax deductibility and capital gains tax. So just to put the two issues aside – Capital gains is a separate issue to income tax. It's you, you pay them both, and both of them have an impact on your disposable income. But they worked out at different rates, and there's different calculation, and the one gets added to the other one right at the end. So when we're talking about tax deductibility from a pension, a provident, provident or retirement annuity, there what happens is you spend money. You put money aside. Technically, you're taking money out of your disposable income and you're putting it away in an investment. And that investment is giving you a bit of a, a, a tax break. And that's the way that works is that you're getting a tax break because you're putting money away. On the other hand, capital gains only happens when you sell an asset that had a cost at the beginning, which we call a base cost, and then you have a realization cost, the cost at the end. So, for example, you buy a building for a million rand, and then you sell the building down the line for two million rand. The gain is a million rand, and then there's a formula that's applied to that million rand. So um, those are the things that you need to just make sure you have the correct and a competent professional to help you with in order to guide you th- through that. Um, and I'm just uh, trying to see whether we've got um, Marius rates on the line in order to talk about Luno, which is a cryptocurrency company, but it doesn't sound look like we do. And unfortunately, this is the challenge of having Skype calls is that they don't always go through. Um, another question that's just come through now is people really want to know, which again, it seem to be on a bit of a tax uh, uh, binge over here. Is my full contribution to retirement annuity deductible? And they've also given me the amount, which is quite large. So yes and no, it's all got to fit within a formula. So if it is below a certain amount and it's deductible in a particular year, and if it's a percentage, a certain percentage of your income, then it's also deductible within that year. 
So one's just got to be um, careful to make sure you speak to the right person to get the right advice as what percentage it is. But the, as I said earlier on, the legislation has changed, and now you can put your retirement annuity, your pension, and your provident all together. So let's say you spend 5,000 Rand on retirement annuity and 5,000 Rand on your pension and 2,000 Rand on your provident fund of for the, on the investment portion. Those amounts can be lumped together. You add them up, and that's the total amount as a percentage of your income that can be deducted. So those are the way to um, have a look at. A quick question just come through on the same note. Is my income protection tax deductible? And the answer is no. It's not tax deductible, and it hasn't been tax deductible for quite a while. So you're spending a lot of money on it. You just need to know that you're really buying insurance with it, and it's not tax deductible. But on the other side, should you claim it's not taxable? But it looks like we've sorted out finally our little glitch. And um, on the line, we might just have the person we're looking for, and that is someone to talk to us about cryptocurrency. Um, Mr. Rates, are you with us? Yes, Ari. Good. Marius, welcome to High FM. Thank you. Great. Sorry about that. It just sometimes takes time to get together. I know we've left our, uh, our interview very, very short. Sorry about that. Let's get straight to the point. Tell us about Luno. What do you guys do and how do you operate? Ari, um, we at Luno is a, a cryptocurrency wallet uh, which allows you to buy, store, and learn more about cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum. The company started in South Africa and we're now active in 40 countries with our head office being based in London. We recently signed up about uh, 2 million customers, or our 2 millionth customer, and like in August. Um, and we're, we're growing rapidly in South Africa and across the globe. And we opened a new office recently in, in Johannesburg, where we're busy building a uh, developer team and also um, busy expanding across more African markets. But, but our, our core focus at this point is, um, is, is making it as easy and safe as possible for, for consumers to, to buy, store, and, and learn more about cryptocurrency. Okay, if somebody want to get how, a hold of you, how do they do that? So you can, you can just can you say that again, please. I apologize about the quality of the line. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you guys at Luna, how do they reach you? So um, um, currently, we um, we offer support through our other mobile application. So so customers can can reach Luna through the mobile apps, uh, through the app center, um, and they can also email. Email our customer support team. Um, we have offices in Cape Town and in Johannesburg in South Africa. But but our our, our experience is very much similar to the new uh, online banks you see like like Time Bank and, and also Bankzera. Of, of, um, so so it's a it's a it's an all in app experience. You can um, you can submit your, your your queries or your questions uh, in the application. But we have a very comprehensive learning portal. So, so, so the learning portal will take you through all the fundamentals of cryptocurrency, Bitcoin and Ethereum. You will touch on, on support services like, like Bitcoin, uh, cryptocurrency mining. And we also have a health center where, where, um, where most, of, most of our customer queries and concerns can be, can be, can be answered. Morris, my apologies. There are questions coming through, and I had a whole list of questions that I wanted to ask you, but the line is so bad. Myself sitting in studio with headphones on can barely hear you. So let's just um, give out how do people get in touch with you again? What is your website address and your email address? Um, 
Just know the line is really bad. I, I didn't catch any of that. Okay. Sorry. Morris, sorry about that. I don't think we need to um, band like this anymore. It's really not fair on you. But thank you very much for coming on. Um, l- let's uh, try get Marius ba- um, you know, back maybe on a better line at another time. We usually try to use a Skype line because it's better than a normal telecom line. And that just, has, just hasn't worked. So that's the company Luno, L-U-N-O. Please go have a look at it. It is a crypto- cryptocurrency app currency app and it allow you to get into it and have a look at it on a far broader spectrum than just going to buy so before i say goodbye to you because we are starting stopping a little bit earlier i'd just like to say you know to everybody out there at uh, you know just to be strong and just to be focused and uh, just to remember that ultimately these these very very trying times that we're going through in israel will pass and hopefully cool heads will prevail and I really feel that our objective here in South Africa is to is to take lessons from those who are true leaders and those who have shown us the correct way and um, spiteful talk and negative talk and talk that is hurtful is not positive and doesn't achieve anything. If you're going to say something, let's try to be constructive and let's keep our prayers and our thoughts for everybody and hopefully this will pass and we'll no longer have a need to sit here and wait for a siren to go on because those who are shooting or sending the siren, the rockets over will no longer have a need to do it, but they'd rather take their efforts and energies and put it in building their, 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 their country, building their space and participating in what Israel has to offer and leveraging of what Israel can give them. So thank you very, every, everybody for listening. Thanks for being with us and we will speak to you next week.